Hello, this is Banana, and welcome to the first episode of the second season of Porcupine and Banana. We've made it and we're back. So <laughs> on this season, it's going to take a bit of a different design than the last one. Porcupine and I are not going to record most of the episodes together because this season is actually not about us at all. It is about our friends and people around us in society and in our communities. Which is why today I have a friend with me. His name is Broccoli for some reason. <laughs> And he's going to introduce himself now. Hi, guys. Uh, I'm Broccoli. I'm Banana's friend. We met six or seven months ago in uh, a trip. And since then, we became friends. And about Broccoli, actually, uh, I was thinking about the name coming to record. Then I was just bringing some broccolis with me. So I just chose this name. It was an on-the-spot decision. <laughs> <laughs> Not much thinking behind it. And actually, okay, so the interesting thing about Broccoli's <laughs> friendship with me is the fact that we actually met in Cape Town and not in Egypt. We are both Egyptians. We both live in Egypt now, but him and a couple of his friends were doing a Cape to Cairo trip and we met there. So it was just a very interesting thing, especially that this whole podcast started with like a whole Cape to Cairo theme. So yeah. So yeah, Cape Town brought us close. Yeah. And then we just reunited in Egypt. <laughs> <laughs> Back to the roots. Yep. Well, actually, this brings us to the topic of this episode. Back to the roots. Um, so now that you're back to the roots and you're no longer hopping between one country to another every week, you got to settle into some sort of routine, find a job, you know, all these adulty things. So just so people would know, how long have you been a graduate? It's almost two years now, since okay. 2017. And I've been a graduate for nearly two years. Graduated in 2016. And I just got done with my master's, as you know from the last episode. Mm -hmm. And so I'm now in the same shoes as Broccoli of trying to find a job. Yes, like the dilemma. <laughs> <laughs> the big dilemma. Yes. So he is here today to tell us about his experience of trying to navigate the Egyptian streets and trying to find a place he could call his work home so tell us a bit about what happened ever since you graduated actually tell us before you graduated what was your thoughts did you think that you're gonna find a job as soon as you graduate well actually i want to say that i belong to like a, a normal family that followed the routine of the country like i was a normal student in the school once i finished the high school i had to join a, a faculty and most probably here in Egypt, we don't choose our field of study, like, uh, because there are, mm -hmm. so, yeah, we have some yeah. um, wrong thoughts about the uh, high-level colleges and uh, that there are some departments that are considered better in this community, better than others. So I joined the Faculty of Engineering. Although Wait, I, let's tell them about what is considered, like, the best universities you could go to. Egypt, you either go be a doctor, yeah. a pharmacist, an engineer, but other than this... Or a dentist. Or a dentist. We, we're gonna give, we're gonna give the dentist a yeah. place among <laughs> Okay, so you followed a pretty normal path of a lot of the people that live in this country. You finished high school, you went to university, yes. and then what happened there? And then I studied for five years, through which I was struggling to get like internships in my field because things are not going well in Egypt because of corruption. So that forecasted what, what's going to happen in the future when I graduate. I graduated in 2017. Since then,
then I was searching for a job that suit my career and field of study, but that was in vain. And in Egypt also, we are going for a military service for the people who graduate. Yeah, it's, so usually for, well, males in Egypt, uh, they get conscripted after they finish their university degree. And the problem with conscription is, one, it's either a year or three years. Or three years. Yeah, and <coughs> it, it depends on what university you are in. The higher degree universities, as we said, like the pharmacists, the doctors, the engineers, usually get placed in the three years program because they're considered more of an assets to the country. And then the biggest problem is it means that before that conscription actually happens, you cannot work at all. Yes. And so that was your problem. That what happened. Yeah, I graduated in June yeah. and uh, I had to go for the medical checks in November. Yeah. So I have to, to pose for five to six months from my life after graduation without even able to join a job in my field or even an unpaid internship or a paid internship to increase my skills in the field of study but I even couldn't do this uh, while studying so after graduation I found myself like I had to pay for myself like that's enough for my parents to pay for me yeah. uh, because it's yeah, too much. You, you always want to become independent. Like there comes a time in a person's life when they're like, this is enough. I want to be independent. But it's so difficult in Egypt. Yes, it, to, to be independent and it's, it's like an inner desire. But uh, actually you can implement it on the ground because you need to pay yourself, for example, for your car, for the fuel, for food, any extra things you want to buy. So it, it's going to cost a lot because... We somehow have like inflation or something that all the prices are high yeah. for food and clothes. Actually, that's a very interesting point that you made because I was reading an article a couple of days ago. It was talking about first the average annual household salary, which was super low. I never expected it to be this low. It was around like $1,600, which is insane. Imagine a whole household living on $1,600 for an entire year. And then the fact that you need a minimum of $3,000 per year for one person to survive on like nothing, basically. Basically have a house above your head and just have food on a table. And not even just like luxury food, no, normal food. You would need a minimum of $3,000 per year. And if the whole household only makes $1,600, there's clearly a huge gap here. Yes, that's not even the problem of people who are not working. It's a problem for people who are working that exactly. their salaries is not enough for them. Low salaries mean that no matter what job I work, I will forever be unsatisfied. So I'm a pharmacy graduate. I am about to be a master's degree holder. And the highest salary I would ever be able to get here at my current level and my current age would give me about $200 per month. And I feel that that is not like the salary I should be getting paid at this skill set level. So I refuse to get those jobs. So I'm actually like, I am unemployed on purpose until I find something that I feel is on par with the time and money I've put into my education and the training I have had. Exactly. Do you feel like that is the same that you experience? Yes, like uh, you, you, you're intentionally or on purpose refusing to work because you find that these jobs are not matching with your skills so until you reach a limit that after this you need to work so you find yourself in rushing into a job that that doesn't fit you like i found doctors and uh, dentists in a call center uh, yeah. i'm an engineer i was working in a call center why because i couldn't work on my field so i had to go for anything that can give me like a, a salary you can find for example a lawyer and that he's w working in a, as a waiter for example in a restaurant do you even see them as taxi drivers people with amazing university degrees amazing skills and they've had a lot of experience and they're taxi drivers Yes, you even find them like nowadays in the Uber and the Karim, yeah, yeah, yeah the, the, all these um, transportation companies that are newly, yeah. newly introduced to the world. 
So I'm not against jobs, actually. Like when I was working, I was open to all kinds of jobs. I could even like work as a waiter. I, I didn't have like any problem with that. But once you graduated, you need to like to fit yourself in the thing that suits you the most and uh, matches with your skills and also your passion. Like, yeah, because you're no longer looking for a job. You're looking for a career now. Yes, and, and we have a problem here in Egypt that uh, most of people like work in a place that they don't find passion in. Yeah. Not not only their job, maybe maybe they're working in um in a place that suits their experience and suits their uh, studies, but actually it's not their passion because yeah. they were placed in this field based on their parents' desire to for them to join the yeah. faculty of medicine, the faculty of engineering, pharmacy, or whatever. And even though they had uh, interests, for example, in art, in uh, singing, in music, in other things. So um, so I was also reading. Uh, this article from I think it was something written by people from the World Bank and they were speaking about unemployed youth who are university degrees holders and they say that about 30% of the unemployed youth have a university degree while only 2.4% of primary level degree holders are unemployed. The gap between those numbers is crazy and it goes back to what you were saying about people just wanting something to match what they studied. They want to work in something that they like they want to make to work in something that would give them a salary that is in line with the skills they have well if you've never actually studied that long you also don't box yourself into anything because you could work in anything really and you find all of those like day wage jobs mm-hmm. so it's easier to work in that yeah that brings us to the point of the um the military service or the conscription yeah. that uh, every male should do to serve his country so actually most of the people, like if you are highly educated, you go for three years as an officer and you got money. But if or the level of education stops at high school or before the high school, then you are going also for three years. But this time, not as an officer, but um, a soldier who is like actually almost unpaid for serving. They treated as soldiers? For sure, soldiers are not treated as officers. And for example, they don't eat that well and they don't sleep in good places. That brings us to the point that many people after high school they join a, a university just to escape from being treated as like three years soldiers yeah. and uh, that's a result or result in the future in a lot of people for example graduating from a certain faculty but actually they didn't want to join it from the beginning they just want to join it just to escape so as want to go to the army they serve in a one year or something and uh, just um, get their freedom after this so basically it's the fact that there are a lot of people going to university or to get a higher degree for the wrong reasons and that means egyptian universities are basically churning out a huge number of graduates annually while the market is not demanding that many people it's the whole supply and demand problem, which is, I guess, the problem in many, many countries. I know for a fact that in my year of graduation, which was 2016, there were close to 20,000 pharmacy graduates. There is no way that the country could employ 20,000 pharmacists. There is just not enough pharmacy jobs in the country, which means a lot of us are not going to find jobs in this field. So either we're going to have to move over to other fields or we're going to have to take the route that a lot of people are taking nowadays, which is startups and just entrepreneurial, I hate that word, (laughs) ventures. 
have you ever thought of just like going off the road and doing your own thing? A lot of times. Like, <laughs> anytime I was studying in a course, for example, in the, in the university, and I find it like it's hard and I was thinking, okay, I'm going to fail this course. I think, okay, now I'm going to think about a job or a yep. new idea that can make me implement a startup with my friend and like become millionaires and give up the education yeah. and the engineering. I, I love how everybody thinks that start, starting your own business is so easy and that you're going to instantly become a millionaire. Like that's the goal, become a millionaire. You do, you're not even planning like an actual plan. You don't have <laughs> a vision for the startup. You don't have like a mission. It's all personal. I just want to become a millionaire. Yes. Was just, that your plan? <laughs> yes. I'm just like studying and then, okay, I'm enough. I'm, I'm done with this. I'm going to be like... I'm becoming a, a millionaire I, yes, tomorrow. I, I'm, I'm going to do a startup and be a millionaire. But actually, I don't know the market well. I don't know how to yeah. go in the steps. But you're just thinking about like uh, other ways or plan Bs to escape because you know that you are going to graduate and you are knowing what's going to happen in the future. You're going to wait for the military service and after that, you are going to search for a job and most of the time, the market is not requesting all this number of people so the competition is very, very high. So anyways, you're going to stay, for example, for a couple of years unemployed. So that's why most of the people think about doing their own business. So if the market is not going to have me as I am, I'm going to change myself for the market. Yes, it's, it's a good thing, but actually uh, maybe we don't have the tools or the know-how. I have so much research done for this episode and I was just reading this article by something called the Brookings Institute. It's a U.S. research institute and they were talking about the increase in entrepreneurial <laughs> ventures. I'm so sorry for everyone who's listening to this i cannot say it properly but their increase in number in egypt and i think over the past five years there has been about a 10 percent increase in um, startups that have lasted <laughs> over three years and which is amazing and i think it does follow this trend of like you'd be sitting studying and you'd realize that what am i even doing this for i know i'm gonna graduate i'm either gonna find a really low paying job or no job at all so i might as well try to actually work on something that i like and try to find something that the market needs so that I could then provide it to the market. Do you know of any people in your like circle of friends that have something like this and it works? Well, actually, I'm going to talk about like um, two experiences that I have with entrepreneurship. First was like it's an, a competition. And that was the first like spark that brought me into this field. Yeah. That um, there was a competition called Hot Prize. Um, oh, I know that one. Yes, yeah. it, it's made by Bill Clinton in order to bring more entrepreneurs in the world. So the issue or the topic of the year was how to solve the refugee crisis all over the world with a project that could help them and also you gain a lot of money from it. So me and two friends, like we made a, a group and we did a food project to serve the refugees in planting mushrooms. We designed the units uh, with all the equipment and the prices. We did all the plan. We reached the semi-finals in London, got ranked first in Cairo University and we went to uh, London for the semi-finals. Like people were amazing from all over the world bringing like um, genius ideas actually and, uh, and even then you sit there and think what am i doing here <laughs> yes so I, I was saying that uh, i could think about more ideas and one 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 time i could like make it to the finals and yeah. then i become like um a i think it's a millionaire because <laughs> actually a millionaire. the prize <laughs> i wish i were the millionaire the prize was like a million dollars as a yeah. seed fund to start this project yeah. so i was just like a, a couple of steps away from a million dollars i have a friend also who started like um Oh, a, a small online bookshop okay. okay and he's now writing books oh and, that's um, very interesting like yes. I, I can see that as something that actually could become very successful 
Uh, yes, and now he is launching his first book, and uh, actually, I'm going to support him and buy the book. And he he was graduated from the same class, like we are both petroleum engineers. But he in love with yeah. literature and uh, writing books, so he shifted the career, and he has his online hub. So oh, an engineer with a soul! How romantic! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> engineers are amazing everywhere. Well, <laughs> people have different opinions about that. But you've mentioned this point about a lot of people having amazing ideas but not knowing what to do with them, and that That is true. I have noticed that that is not particularly skills that we are taught in our universities. Both Broccoli and I graduated from public universities, <laughs> yeah. and they were mostly focused on the scientific material rather than teaching us skills. Yeah. So I don't think I learned any skills from my undergraduate education. You just yeah. get pure technical subjects, and uh, after this, you go to the job. For example, finding that you lack a lot of managerial uh, skills and leadership skills that. You should have been taught when you were still undergrad. But have you not noticed that there has been a slight shift in the recent years towards teaching undergraduate students a few more skills? Not by the university itself, but by just outside courses that are being done. Because I I have noticed a lot of people coming in for partnerships with my university to give the students just lectures about different easy skills such as project management, how to build a business plan, financial literacy. So a couple of stuff here and there that could kind of equip them to a changing job market. Uh, have you noticed that happening? Because he and I are from different cities, so I'm just seeing like. Is it the same in Cairo? I live in a city kind of next to Cairo, so not particularly here.、Um, have you noticed this happening here in Cairo?、Uh, yeah, actually, we have a phenomenon in in the our universities nowadays, which is called the extracurricular activities、yeah. or the stu- student activities, the student clubs. That was introduced to our. Uh, society uh, not long time ago. For me, for example,、uh, I found myself joining the, like、uh, a fundraising club. Okay, that taught me a lot about how to raise funds.、It、taught me basics of marketing that I didn't study in in the faculty until like the last year. So I found myself like getting to know more about economics, more about marketing, more, more about like social media and and other things from these student activities more than from the faculty and.、Uh, It's a little of a problem here because most of the people who are joining like、um, technical universities or universities that require、uh, a lot of studying and、uh, studying hours, so they don't find time for these student activities.、Yeah. So they are just thinking that it's a waste of time to、uh, leave studying and join this. But actually, there it, has been a small shift in mindsets recently, though. Like people are starting to join student activities more and more. Yes, many people like、uh, half price for me was like a, a competition, a student activity, like a, a chapter that opened in in our university, and I joined it, and I was about to like win a million dollars. But just, you did it. I didn't. Yeah, you did not.、Uh, you in my dreams, I did. <laughs> In my dreams, I did, yeah. But、and、actually, do you remember like the the reputation that came with joining students' activities? How people always thought that people who joined students' activities were either like ill-mannered or loose, or they were in it to like find well a girlfriend or a boyfriend or whatever. But it's actually not like that at all. But that was for the longest time what people thought they were. Yes, they thought that if you are joining student activities, then most of the time they are not、uh, focusing on the faculty. They're just like、uh, wasting your time,、uh, want to hang out with their girlfriend,、yeah. or like you're just you're just like distracted and don't know what to do. And most of the time, it's not going to add to you anything. But actually, that was wrong because many people. No, definitely want, wrong. Yes,、yeah, that that was wrong. But like for example, we have in Actus, and it's like a. Yeah. A worldwide thing that、um, 
people like uh, like a uh, group up and make like a small project in order to serve something in the society and then they uh if they go, if they win over egypt then they go for the finals uh with other okay. countries and yeah they get money if they if, if they won and most of the time for this they get many computer skills uh in order to make this project many business skills and many presentation skills that later if even if they didn't win later on these skills that they got it, it will help them get an, a job easily. I've noticed also something else, and this I was told continuously ever since I graduated. Uh, people in, I'm not sure if engineering has the same thing or not as pharmacy, but when we graduate, we are guaranteed jobs with the government. And those jobs are highly, highly coveted because they come with social insurance, they come with a pension plan, and you cannot be fired from government jobs. It's, it's, <laughs> no, seriously, it's a job for life. You cannot be fired from a government job. Like our, all our lecturers at our public universities, because they are owned by government, cannot be fired, which is just weird and, and inefficient. Um, so that is why a lot of people would like to go into medical school or pharmacy school or dentistry school, because you are guaranteed a government job afterwards, not highly paid at all, but it is a guaranteed job that you will never be fired from and it is a guaranteed pension plan and a guaranteed social insurance plan. So do you in engineering have something similar? A lot. I'm going to speak from my field, the, the petroleum engineering. Most of the people want to join the public or the, or the, the government, sector, yeah, yeah. The, the government companies because it's the secure job. They are not going to be fired. And even when they are youth, they are thinking about joining this company, this governmental company, because later on when they retire, they are going to get yeah. a good money. So imagine that the, you are still young and thinking about about after 40 years, you are going to get a good uh, money after retiring. So well, I'm going to join this. It is a smart way of thinking. I mean, you got to think about the future, especially in a country like this with just the this changing economic landscape. You kind of got to figure out what you're going to do in your future. I mean, we were just speaking about how in the past two two years we've mm -hmm. had an inflation of 30 percent like everything was so expensive so suddenly and salaries did not increase whatsoever and people just cannot pay for food anymore they cannot pay for petrol anymore so you gotta think of those things it's important yeah actually imagine that for the private companies for example in the oil in the oil field you just sign your firing paper once you join because, because yeah so so that the company can fire you anywhere wait so with your contract you sign the leave the, yeah the like, leave, the leave like, no. where we could fire you at any time contract yes you, you just sign both the contract i don't even know what to name that paper yeah. like what do you call it <laughs> I, I don't know can you imagine that you do that so many people think about okay i'm gonna uh, start in this private company i'm gonna get a lot of money but for example, I made a family, I have a wife, a house, and kids, and I'm paying for them. And in any second, like, the company fires me. Then that's the big problem. So that's why they shift to the governmental work, which gives them a less money, but it gives them stability. And that's what they're searching for. So to secure their future, they are destroying their uh, present work. I mean, I wouldn't call it destroying, but it is... I mean, they're brilliant people. A lot of the people I've seen are, like, amazing, amazing, very smart people. They, they have a lot of potential, they just don't know where to place it and they can't find a place that would give them the rewards that they need. Could you just like tell us what you've done after like your search of jobs? How is it going? Are you applying to a lot of jobs? What's happening? I'm applying. <laughs> I'm sick of applying. I'm going into interviews and online tests and uh, technical interviews. In Egypt, it's like 
hectic because you have corruption somehow. And uh, if you have a family member, for example, or a, uh, someone you know inside the company, he could give you a push to join this company and you could even uh, get an advantage over a qualified person. Ooh, so uh, that's the problem that we have here, yeah. Nepotism. Yes. You, you need to know somebody somewhere to get a job. And so you you clearly have no connections whatsoever. No. <laughs> or otherwise I should have been working and I, I'd be like a, like a, a rich man now. Oh my <laughs> God, you and your million. <laughs> I'm on the road to a million, but yeah. it, I didn't know how to start. Like You know, a million doesn't get you much in Egypt anymore. Like At least. So, so far, everything we've talked about has been doom and gloom, which isn't absolutely the case in this country because there has been a couple of things I've been going great. We're not sure about the results of these efforts that were done by the government to decrease unemployment, but we're just going to talk about a couple of them, just discuss what we think, whether they have actually done anything or not, in our very own humble, uneducated <laughs> opinion. Um, so, you know how the president has been working on this whole new capital city, basically? Yes. And, okay, so... Backstory that is not really a story, but is just a fact. Egypt is very densely populated. We are about a hundred million. Most of us are within the the age of employment. So about sixty percent of Egyptians are within the fifteen to sixty years old range. And the problem is, we all live on top of each other. We really are all populated within one very narrow area of Egypt. Condensed. Yeah. yeah. We and know that Cairo is uh, about thirty million uh, yeah. Egyptians. Really? Imagine, like, of a country which is 100 million, 30 of them live in one city. So we are very condensed. And so there has been efforts to kind of spread us out a bit. And I think one of them has been the new capital. Mm-hmm. You as an engineer, because this has to do with, like, building. What do you think of that project? Uh, I think it's a smart way, like, to, uh, like, employ uh, workers, engineers, uh, and many people from many fields, like, uh, uh, fields of, like, uh, electricity, civil, uh, mechanical, workers, builders, and uh, even for the, uh, how can we say, the institutions that are going to be like made in this new capital, mm-hmm. like uh, hospitals yep. and uh, courts. A lot of factories too. And yes, some factories actually are that could serve and markets that could yeah. serve this capital. So uh, intelligent way to uh, branch out from the original capital, which is already condensed, try to like make a good use of our unused land. Just land, our unused yes. land. Yeah. And I think one of the government offices, which is responsible for all the statistics, I completely forget what the name is. Um, I, I do know that the acronym for it is C-A-P-M-A-S. It reported that the percentage of unemployment has dropped from 12.5% in 2016 to 9% in the third quarter of 2018, which is an immense drop. But we were discussing how this drop could be conditional until a lot of the jobs that have been created due to the building of this new capital no longer exist because, well, the capital is now built. A lot of things may work or may not work. So what do you think of that? Yeah, it, it's a long-term project, but actually it's, in fact, it's temporary. Yeah. Like once the once the project is done, like most of the people, the contracts are done. So if, if we have like a vision for new projects, if, if there is a continuous development, then this will con- would work actually. Yeah. But if we stopped at this new capital or just few projects that we are doing nowadays and we stop, then we are, I think, are, after like dropping this uh, percentage of unemployment, it's gonna rise again because yeah. many people like will find themselves that the contract is gone and they have to like search for other jobs. 
Actually, the World Bank says that we need in Egypt at least a million jobs annually to maintain the same unemployment rate, and then we need over a million to start to decrease it. So we don't know if that is going to happen uh, with the plans that are being put in place, but we really hope that we are going in the right direction. What other projects have you heard of that have been implemented in the past, well, I think five years, ever since the new president, LCC, um, became well, president? Yes, I think we, we have the newest one is called Alamin uh, uh, City. Mm -hmm. it's, uh, it's like on the, on the Mediterranean Sea. And it's like almost near Alexandria. It's like called the new Alamein. Look at us out here building completely new cities. <laughs> like awesome, isn't it? <laughs> yes, we have like we are going to have like a huge skyscraper in this city. Yeah. I think it's gonna be like if I'm not wrong, I need to double check it. But it's like the longest building in Africa. It's gonna be. Oh yeah, I read about that. Yeah. Yes, uh, it's gonna cost a lot of money, but it's gonna be like not uh, a resident. Um, how can you say it? a residential building, but it's gonna be like um, so. It's all businesses. Business, yeah. It's yeah. it's a business building, and like we want Which to do great. something that like. That sounds amazing for. Bush Khalifa, yes. Yeah, that sounds amazing for jobs. So yeah, we're all for that. But. Near this also, we have the Daba has the nuclear power station. That oh yeah. Building, yeah, the Daba. It's called, it's in a place called Daba, also on the Mediterranean Sea. Yeah, it's 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 already being built under construction. I don't know uh, in which phase they are, but and also the new branch in the Suez Canal. Yeah, yeah, the whole new Suez Canal branch, which is basically to increase trade. Well, so far they say it's not particularly effective yet, mm -hmm. but they're hoping that it starts working better soon. So we're also all sitting like fingers crossed. And have you heard about this whole? Well, not heard, but actually more seen than heard is there's been improvement of like road infrastructure between cities. So I travel all around Egypt all the time and it's become really well connected together. Um, have you noticed that? Because I know you travel a lot too. Yes, um, actually uh, they're trying to connect the, the remote places nowadays yeah. with, new, with new roads like the, um, uh, there is a, co a road called Galela. Oh, yeah, yeah. Galen, uh, oh my god, Galena. that is an amazing road. It's yes. so it, it's it's so bright. I and just love so, driving on so it. So wide and uh, it it's between two mountains like it's it's crossing inside a mountain. Just connecting a lot of remote rural places to bigger cities has been very successful in just increasing trade between these places. And yeah. uh, a lot of these development projects have actually been under this huger project which is called Egypt Vision 2030. Basically it's a list of goals that they're trying to achieve by 2030. And it has three branches. One is economical, which is, well, they're trying to improve the economy of the country. One is social. The social one is about education. It's about health. It's about culture, training, social justice. And then the last one is the environmental. And it's just basically about improving the environmental landscape of the country. But the thing is, the goal of achieving a lot of these things is 2030, which means Broccoli and I here have to wait <laughs> for like no. 20 more years in hopes of an improvement in like getting a job. So your million might not be happening soon. Like I've waited for two years and that's enough and I need to start on but 20 more years like <laughs> <laughs> 20 years is a long time, yeah, yes. is a long so time. you can find me after 20 years but i'm not gonna be talking about the million the, the million that i want to achieve <laughs> it's gonna be about a billion <laughs> <laughs> hopefully well hopefully you do find a job quite soon and hopefully i do find a job quite soon Yes. And for all of you who have listened to this episode, please let us know if you are going through similar struggles in your country, if you have similar systems. Uh, we would love to listen to your experiences 
in trying to find a job because we here are going through the most. <laughs> so we would love to listen to anything you want to tell us about and wait for Quirky Finds episode dropping in two weeks, which is going to speak about the same topic, but from a South African experience. Until then, it has been awesome to start recording again and see ya. See you guys and keep traveling because you're going to find like awesome people while traveling. Yep. And you'll find more guests for your podcast. <laughs> <laughs> bye bye.